Fellowship is good. Fellowship is good. But uh, it's time for God's Word. The uh, scripture for today is from the fifth chapter of, of Galatians. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Father God, just open our ears and our hearts to your word today and... Um, this passage is very familiar, Lord, but we just pray we'd be open to uh, uh, what you'd really have for us here, Lord, to see it in, in a new way and, and be with Brother Reed as uh, um, he brings this to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
morning. Uh, thank you, Jim, for reading the scripture for us as well. Leonard Ravenhill uh, said a woman came up to him after one of his meetings, and she said, please tell me how I can live by faith. She said, I really want to learn to live by faith. And she said, just, just tell me how to do it, and I'll write it down, and I'll really follow what you say. So he said to her, uh, go put yourself in a situation that you have no hope of getting out of unless God comes through for you. And she paused for a moment and said, I'll think about it. Well, the reality is you do not have to go put yourself in a situation you have no hope of getting out of. You already are in a situation you have no hope of getting out of unless God comes through for you. In this passage, uh, and other places in Scripture, we see that you and I have no hope of overcoming sin, no hope of overcoming the toxic emotions that come from sinful thoughts and attitudes, no hope of overcoming our sinful responses to other people uh, that damage and destroy relationships unless God comes through for us. And Paul explains this internal mess in Galatians 5.17. He says, The sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. That verse explains why you are not as kind as you want, as joyful as as you want, as loving as you want, as pure as you want. That is why at times you get frustrated trying to live for God. Paul told the Galatians in the verse right before uh, this passage begins, he told the Galatians, if you guys keep biting and devouring each other, you will be destroyed by each other. And so the specific sin that was going on uh, among the Galatians is that they were tearing each other apart with angry words, jealousy, uh, hatred, fits of rage, division. Uh, these specific sinful acts of the flesh were problems among the Galatians. And of course, there are many other manifestations of sin or of the sin nature that are mentioned throughout Scripture. And we all battle with the flesh or with sin of some sort, of some kind. Not everybody faces the same uh, weakness or temptation, but we all deal with the problem of sin and the flesh. Some of the other uh, manifestations of the flesh or sinful nature that are mentioned in Scripture, sexual immorality, drunkenness, bitterness, unforgiveness, uh, loving the approval that comes from men more than the approval that comes from God, anxiety or worry, uh, being easily offended, keeping track of offenses against others, uh, laziness, lack of self-control with food or other bodily appetites, love of money, uh, coarse joking, living in despair, uh, bad language, and on and on and on. And like Paul says at the end of his list, and other such things or other like things. I mean, they're indicating that there's, there's you, you know, there's just all kinds of things that, that fit into this category of, of the flesh or sin nature. 
And in trying to overcome your particular sins, you may have become, or you may be even this morning, very frustrated and discouraged about living as a Christian. You may get to the point where you think, you know, this just doesn't seem to be working for me, and I can't count the number of times that I've heard people say that. This isn't working for me. Or you may wonder, what's wrong with me? I truly believe that some have given up hope of living any better. But there is a solution, and it's the solution that Paul gave to the Galatians here in chapter 5, verse 16. He said, So I say to you, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Now, in the context, he was telling the Galatians, walk by the Spirit, and you guys won't bite and devour each other. You won't destroy each other in your personal relationships. But the, the point applies to every manifestation of the sin nature. Live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The whole answer to the sin sinful nature is the spirit. The answer to the flesh is the spirit. You only need to walk in the spirit. The whole problem of sin and the manifestations of sin is overcome by keeping in step with the spirit. It's not a formula. It's not a step program. It's a presence. It's the presence, the personal presence of the Holy Spirit. I don't know who put that quote up on the screen ahead of time by Tozier or Spurgeon or something. That is fantastic. It's, it's a relation, walking in the Spirit is a relationship with a person. It is not a formula. It is not a list. It's becoming familiar with the presence of the Holy Spirit and walking in that, keeping in step in that, living in that. The Galatians expositional commentary said, this is one of the most important verses in the Bible. This is one of the most important and helpful verses on Christian living in the Bible. It tells us that we can overcome sinful emotions, attitudes, and desires. And it tells us that victory does not come through self-effort or through following laws, but it comes through a living relationship with the Spirit. Flesh and Spirit are the two predominant words in this passage. Uh, in the older NIV, which, which I have and which is what, what is in your bulletin, flesh is translated sinful human nature. Um, in the newer NIV and in most translations, it is simply translated the flesh because there, there are some problems with the concept which we're not going to take time to go into, but calling it sinful the sinful uh, nature. But flesh is what is most commonly uh, used to translate this word. But that's confusing because a lot of people, what is flesh? And in, in the scripture, it, it can apply to your physical body, can apply to different things. But certainly in this, this passage, it's, it's, it's applying to uh, an impulse or a, a tendency towards sin. John Piper said, flesh is the old, ordinary human nature that does not relish the things of God. Robert Diffenbaugh said, the flesh is our fallen humanity or fallen humanness. 
John Brown said, The flesh is the mode of thinking and feeling that comes from human nature or that is merely natural to man. That's the flesh. The spirit in this verse is the Holy Spirit who lives or indwells in believers. And victory over sin, very simply stated in this verse, comes as you live by the Spirit or in the Spirit. And again, the word live, uh, live in the Spirit literally means to walk. And many translations say, instead of live by the Spirit, say walk by the Spirit or walk in the Spirit. So there's, I'm just repeating those to you so to help you get a feel of what is being said here. Live through, live, uh, live through the Spirit is one translation. Walk in the Spirit or live by the Spirit. Uh, the Amplified says, walk and live habitually in the Spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit. A uh, commentator you've heard me refer to uh, by the name of John Brown uh, said that walking in the Spirit is living in the new mode of thinking and feeling that comes from the Holy Spirit. Uh, his commentary on Galatians was written in 1843, and just as a little interesting side note to me, maybe not to you, uh, but uh, Spurgeon uh, used John Brown's commentary on Galatians and uh, just had a huge amount of praise to say what an excellent, superb commentary it was. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to borrow uh, from throughout the morning, I'm going to borrow John Brown's phrase of a mode of thinking and feeling to help us understand this. Because I think when we say, you know, live in the Spirit or walk in the Spirit, I'm not sure we always really get what that is. But your walk is really how you are thinking and feeling at any given moment. It has a great deal to do with your mind and has a great deal to do with your attitudes and your emotions. And I, I think this phrase really helps me get it anyway. It's a mode of thinking and feeling. Now, in unsaved people, uh, the, the thinking and feeling of the flesh predominates. That's clear from Scripture. It's clear from this, this passage. In all who have been born of the Spirit, the thinking and feeling of the Spirit predominates. But, Paul also makes it clear in this passage, or he's, he's saying here, that within you, within you as a Christian, as a person who's born of the Spirit, as a believer, both modes of thinking and feeling exist in some measure. Even though the, the Spirit predominates in, in those who are born of the Spirit, there, there is the flesh and there is the spirit. So in you, and I don't think anybody would disagree with this. If you do, raise your hand or stand up and shout me down. Uh, but in you, there are thoughts and feelings of revenge, but also of forgiveness. There are, there are thoughts and feelings of impatience and patience, of being mean and of being kind of being critical and encouraging, of lust and purity, of despair and hope, of grumbling and thankfulness, self-control and self-indulgence. And these, the, you can see there's two modes of thinking. Again, I'm going to use that. Two ways of thinking and feeling that are directly opposed to each other. And Paul says in this passage, one comes from the natural or the sinful human flesh, 
The other originates from the Holy Spirit. And he says that there's a conflict. There's a conflict between the flesh and the spirit. Uh, verse 17 describes this as a conflict of desires or passions. For, this, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. Not to belabor this, but just for example, uh, someone raises their voice at you. Someone cuts in front of you in a line. Someone, your, your spouse uh, neglects you in some way or doesn't meet a need that you're expecting them to meet. The natural mode of thinking and feeling is to be resentful or perhaps even re revengeful. And that's the flesh desiring what is contrary to the spirit. But your new mode of thinking and feeling produced by the Spirit is to remember how God in Christ forgave you and, you and to feel that you want to forgive as you have been forgiven, to love as you have been loved by God. And that is the Spirit desiring what is contrary to your flesh. Well, here's the amazing thing about this verse. Right, Paul describes this conflicts. He describes, he makes this list of fleshly attitudes and, and emotions and, and acts. Uh, he describes the Spirit, which, which we'll, we'll get into, and the fruit of the Spirit. But here's the amazing thing about this verse. Paul doesn't merely say, don't be resentful. Don't lose your temper. Stop using those bad words against each other. Stop sinning against each other. He doesn't merely say that. No, he says, walk by the Spirit, and you won't do those things. Walk by the Spirit, and you won't fulfill the sinful impulses of the flesh. Or, as I've been describing it, walk in this new mode of the Spirit, and you won't cave in to the old mode of thinking and feeling, or the old sinful passions and emotions of the flesh. But the interesting thing here is the focus is not merely on trying to suppress or restrain anger or lust or fear or whatever. The focus is to live in fellowship with a person, with the Holy Spirit. That is the true and only way to keep sin from dominating you. You know, Francis Schaeffer wrote a book called Sp True Spirituality. I love the title of that because... There are so many forms of spirituality. There are so many ways that try, people try to become spiritual. And I'm not going to have time to go into those this morning, but there's you know, asceticism and mysticism and all kinds of spiritualism. This is the only true way to keep sin from dominating you. This is true spirituality, to walk in the realm of the Holy Spirit. Another way to put this is that we are not to be preoccupied with sin, but people who are preoccupied with the Spirit. And I have talked to people before who were just absolutely preoccupied with a certain sin or habit. And that seemed to be like, that's all they could talk about. You know, I failed at this again. I just, just, they were just talking about their sinful failures and just beating themselves up and consumed with that. That's what they thought about. That's what they... Uh, how they viewed themselves. 
and it was just, and I, I remember telling one of them, you know, let, let's forget about that for a minute, and let's, let's just spend the next two, two weeks trying to walk in the Spirit, walk in fellowship with the Spirit, and those things will get taken care of. The other thing that we have here, that, and I don't have a, won't have a lot of time to go into this this morning, but we are not to be people preoccupied with the law or with laws. Paul makes it very clear in this passage that if you walk in the Spirit, if you walk in tune with the Holy Spirit, then you don't need the law to restrain you or to control you. Uh, if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Just You're freed from it. And this is why it, it, is, it is such a, such a great freedom uh, to walk in the Spirit. It's, it's an absolutely liberating thing to walk in the Spirit because it liberates from the flesh and from legalism at the same time. I mean, you're, just, you're, you're, you're walking in a presence, the presence of a person, not conscious of, of, of all these threatening and demanding rules and laws, and I should do this, I shouldn't do that. No, you're taken up with living in the Spirit. Now, I've used the word mode, which, again, I told you I, I borrowed from, uh, from, from John Brown. But to me, this, kind of, this helps out. Uh, I have a, workout, a, a work mode, and I have a chill-out mode. And in my work mode, I'm intense, I'm purposeful, not easily sidetracked, I can be impatient about interruptions, I don't stop for small talk. Uh, I don't listen to music. I'm, you know, just taking care of business. That's, that's, that's my work mode. But in my chill out mode, uh, I'm laid back, calm. I'm ready, ready to listen, whatever you have to say. I'm ready to pick up a book and read. Um, I'm ready to go out for coffee, have a conversation, chat, listen to music. Anyway, the, 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 so I have, I have my work mode and this chill-out mode. I know the difference. My wife knows the difference. I can choose the difference. And I just want, to want, I, I want you to use that sort of as a comparison between the flesh mode and the spirit mode. And if you have any awareness at all of the presence of the spirit in your life, then you know you know, you just know intuitively the difference between your spirit mode and your flesh mode. And if you don't, I absolutely guarantee you your, your, your wife does, or your husband does, or other people do. I mean, they, they know which, which you're in. And again, Paul is saying to live in the spirit mode, and you won't find yourself in the flesh mode. In other words, you know, the best way to not be in Des Moines is to be in Ankeny or Ames or Minneapolis. Uh, the best way to not be in the flesh is to be in the spirit. The best way to not bite and devour each other is to be walking in love, joy, and peace. The best way to not be grumbling and complaining is to be living in gratitude and thankfulness. Matt Powell was helping out with supper the other night, 
and he, he put a, a, a part, a small part of the onion rings in the oven for supper, and he needed to add another batch, but he got sidetracked, and he forgot to put the rest of the onion rings in the oven. And when they got ready to eat, opened the oven, he realized he had he only, he'd only cooked a half or maybe a small part of what they had planned. Well, you can imagine what the reactions are of the flesh could be. Beth, why didn't you remind me to put those in? Beth could say, Matt, it's not my job to tell you to do everything. If you're going to help out, you know, finish the job. But, you know, that's not what happened. Matt immediately said, thank you, Lord, that is just the right amount of onion rings for us tonight. You know, that's just a practical level of walking in the spirit versus walking in the flesh. And it is, it, is, it is at that level of life that you choose to walk in the spirit or to walk in the flesh. It's, it's that nitty-gritty. It's that commonplace. So don't, you know, don't think of this as just you know, something that we do during worship or something we walk in the spirit during worship. No, it, it, it affects everything. It's also clear from this passage that, that you don't try to overcome the, the recognizable problems that you have with the flesh. And you, you probably are aware of some of the problems that you have. You don't try to overcome the problems that you recognize that you have with the flesh, whether it's bitterness or anger or, or gossiping tongue or self-pity uh, or negative and ungrateful thought patterns. You don't overcome those by your own power, your, the force of your own will to overcome them. I know, I know I'm being a little redundant, but I, I just think this is so hard to get. Um, you, you don't fight directly against those things. It is, it is a matter of choosing to live in a different realm. <laughs> It's a matter of choosing to live in a different mode. It's a matter of choosing to live, if you will, in a different kingdom. The kingdom of God, not the kingdom of the flesh. And when you are born again, you are invited now to live in the realm of the Holy Spirit. You are invited, you are called into the realm of supernatural love, joy, peace, patience, all the things that the Holy Spirit births or brings about in our lives. And as I said, another way to look at this is, is king, kingdom living. Romans 14, 17 uh, puts it this way. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking what you want, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so when you're uh, upset about something, when you're tempted to be angry or frustrated, or you're not, getting your, you're not getting your way on something that you really badly want your way on, this is just such a powerful verse to remember. Okay, the kingdom of God doesn't consist of me getting my way here. The kingdom of God doesn't consist of getting to do this. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. This passage makes it so clear that the Christian life is not a self-improvement project. It does not take months and years of counseling to overcome the flesh, or years 
and years of slowly and gradually becoming better. If it were a self-improvement project, then those things could be true. Now, and certainly, there is such a thing as growing and maturing in Christ and living more consistently. But any believer, even a new Christian, even a brand new Christian, can live in this new mode of the Spirit. As soon as you are born again, as soon as you enter the kingdom of God, you are invited into this walk in the Spirit, into this new realm of the Spirit. And the other good news is that because, because it is not a, a self-improvement project where you know, have to work through some lengthy process of changing yourself, the other, the other really good thing about is this is that you know, no matter how rotten or sinful your attitudes have been lately, maybe even this morning or this last week, no matter, no matter how badly you've been behaving, you can live in, you can choose even right now this morning to, to walk in, to live in this new mode of the Spirit, and your afternoon can be totally different than your morning. And that's, that's the great thing about the life and the fruit of the Spirit. Another amazing thing, I know I've been saying there's a lot of amazing things in this passage, but I truly believe it. Another amazing thing here, Galatians 5 makes it clear that all the things you, you need for living the new life are in you by the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's, I mean, that's really profound. All the things that you need for living the new life are in you by the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit dwells in you, love, joy, peace, patience, self-control are all there in you, uh, originating from the Holy Spirit. They don't originate from you, but from the Holy Spirit. And as you walk in the Spirit, as you abide in the presence of the, of the Holy Spirit, these things radiate from within you. Or we can say they flow out from within you. you know, the, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will be like a river of living water flowing from your innermost being. And I, I, I like to think uh, not, not just uh, of the Holy Spirit being sort of a, just a, a bland... Uh, <laughs> force or something flowing from, from me. But I mean, he, he, he is the, the, the richest, most bountiful personality you could imagine flowing out of your, your inmost being with all these things, uh, patience, kindness, goodness, love, joy, peace, hope. I mean, the Holy Spirit has all these things, and as we live in him, they will flow out from within you. Or we can say, as this passage does, they are produced or grown from within you as fruit is produced on a tree as, as you abide in him. So, your, your confidence is not in yourself that you can overcome. Your confidence is that the Holy Spirit will, will replace your sinful and toxic emotions with his peace, joy, and hope that he will replace your sinful behavior with his self-control and goodness as you walk in him. I've been so impressed, and I, I know some of you have heard this same, say, say this several times if you've been in our life group, but as we've gone through the series on the Holy Spirit, the, the one, thing, one thought that has stood out to me above all others is that the Holy Spirit is the 
gift. The Holy Spirit is the one gift that God has given you to get you through this life. The one thing that God has given you to get you from here to heaven is the Holy Spirit. His role is not merely helpful. Uh, this is not one of many different ways to find uh, peace, joy, and victory as a Christian. In a very real sense, uh, we can say the Holy Spirit is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes into this new life except through him. And, of course, those, those words apply directly to Jesus as the exclusive way to the Father. But I, what I, I'm applying them to the Holy Spirit in the sense that he is the exclusive way to supernatural joy, peace, sanctification, and holiness. He is the path. He is the way. This is it. Now, also to be clear, uh, if, if you walk in the Spirit, that does not say you will never have a sinful desire or impulse or reaction. It doesn't say that. It does not say that you'll never have a desire uh, for revenge or to grumble or whatever. It says if you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify those desires. See the difference? It doesn't say you won't have those desires. It says you will not fulfill or gratify those desires. You do have reactions to things, and you will have reactions to things. You do have passions. You have responses to things people do and say. Uh, we are not stones, as Luther said. Uh, and when you feel the flesh, when you feel sinful desires or impulses, impulses nothing is wrong with you. This, this verse says there is an internal struggle or conflict with sin as long as you live. But it also says there is a way of not succumbing or not being defeated by those things as long as you live by keeping in step with the Spirit. And Paul concludes this section of verses, uh, verse uh, 19, or excuse me, verse uh, 25, by saying, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Every Christian who is, born, who is truly born of God, every Christian has experienced something of the Holy Spirit. And Paul is saying you, had, you, you became alive initially by the Spirit. So he says, now walk or keep in step with the Spirit. Just live in that. Remain, remain daily, just, just, as you're, just as you are walking. Remain in that tangible presence of the Spirit at all times. Uh, J.B. Phillips said, live your whole life in the Spirit. Or maintain this fellowship with the Spirit. Keep your, the state of your heart and mind in tune with the Spirit. And just one other thing that I think is really important to, to clarify from this verse. Uh, notice the order. It says, you have life from the Spirit, now walk in the Spirit. In other words, you must have the Spirit before 
you can walk in the Spirit. You must be a Christian before you can act like a Christian. And many people, I believe, uh, go to church, come to church, and try to try to act like a Christian. They they really, I think, some people actually are confused and thinking that that's what it means to be a Christian is to is, is to come to church, kind of follow what is being said, try to act the best that I can. But you must have the Holy Spirit before you can really walk in the Holy Spirit. So if you're here this morning and you're not sure that you have had that um, encounter with God, you're not, you're not sure where, that you have repented of your sins and turned to Jesus to save you, uh, I, I assure you we are not here just to try to get you to act better. We are not here to try to get you to just change your behavior. We want you to first and foremost come to Jesus, believe in him, and receive the Holy Spirit into your life, to be born of the Spirit, uh, to have the reality of the Spirit living in you. And you have to have that before you can walk in it. You, gotta, you have to possess it, you have to have it, you have to know it in your innermost being before you can abide in it, live in it, and walk and keep in step in it. All right, I want to uh, take the rest of the time this morning to just talk as practically as I can about how to walk in the Spirit. Uh, first, I think it is just absolutely important to recognize, just can, to be, for it to be a part of your consciousness, that the Holy Spirit is present and living in you. Josh talked about, the, about this the very first week in this series. Do you not know that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you not know that the Spirit of God dwells in you. And that should have a huge impact on us if we are totally uh, conscious and aware of his presence and living in us. He came to live in your physical body uh, to give you new desires, new yearnings, new longings. That is the, like, it's, like it talks about in this passage, the desires of the Spirit. So that is now, that's reality for you now, and that is your identity if you're born of the Spirit. Second, I do think it's really important to understand the clear difference between the spirit and the flesh. It's, it's interesting that Paul said in verse 19, uh, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. I like that. You know, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious, but yet he goes ahead and spells them out for us. And I almost think he's saying, well, they should be obvious, <laughs> but in case they aren't, guys, you know, here's what it looks like. It looks like divisiveness, outbursts of anger, jealousy, you know, all this, all this kind of stuff. So he's, he spells that out. Um, and he spells out the uh, things that come from the Spirit, which we'll, we're going to deal with this in a separate message altogether. So this, is, this message is not uh, about the fruit of the Spirit. It's about walking the Spirit. But he's, he, he spells out the thoughts and feelings that come from the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. And, and part of the reason I think he does this is, makes these contrasts, is, is to help us, to help you, to help me uh, see what mode you are living in. Another example of this, uh, Romans 15, 13, one of my favorite verses, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, so we're, we're talking about things that come from the power of the Holy Spirit, overflowing 
from things that come from the Holy Spirit. He's talking about joy, peace, and hope. Well, what are the opposite of those things? What are the opposites of joy, peace, and hope? I would say probably depression, anxiety, and despair. Ephesians 5 gives us some things that talk about what is being filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5 implies that a result of being filled with the Spirit is always giving thanks to God for everything. And what is the opposite of always giving thanks to God for everything? It's grumbling, complaining, self-pity, uh, muttering uh, to ourselves about how bad or unfair things are, etc. And I think, I think, again, some of the reasons that these things are spelled out in Scripture, uh, he doesn't just say, walk in the Spirit. He, he spells out what it looks like to walk in the Spirit. What, what kind of things... Uh, what kind of things are going to be uh, affected by our walking in the Spirit? How is it going to affect, again, our thinking, the, our mode of thinking and feeling uh, that, that comes from walking in the Spirit? So I think it is very helpful to just clearly distinguish um, things that are from the flesh and from the Spirit and sometimes we, we just can be unaware of how, how far from the Holy Spirit we're living. And it sometimes can just help to wake us up to, uh, to realize these things. So when you feel uh, stressed or offended or begin to worry or you're annoyed at your spouse or you hear yourself beginning to complain, um, those are signals that you're leaving the Holy Spirit out of the equation. It's, it's a signal that you're in danger of leaving the spirit mode for the flesh mode, uh, at least you're, that you're heading in that direction. Uh, one author I read said, your emotions will tell you at any given moment whether or not Christ is ruling at any given moment. Where he rules, we feel peace. Uh, and I think there's a great deal of truth in that. It could per perhaps be overstressed over to a point where it's not true, but there's a great deal of, of truth in that. Number three, make a clear uh, choice to walk in the Spirit. Um, you know, we've talked this morning how overcoming sin is not just a matter of willpower. We, we, don't, we just don't fight directly uh, with those sins. It's a matter of we choose to live in the Spirit and then we don't fulfill those things. But, but by saying that, it doesn't mean it's just like we just exist in this state of total passivity, like, you know, whatever the Spirit does, that's what happens, and I can't help it, I can't do anything different, I'm just, you know, this is just who I am, what you see is what you get, uh, you know, all those kind of things that just sort of we use as excuses for walking the flesh. No. We are to make a conscious choice to walk in the Spirit. So when you feel worry or fear or anger or offense or lust or whatever, stop everything you're doing as soon as you can and actively give your mind and your body over to the Holy Spirit. We truly have to deal with every desire, every emotion, every reaction that we have and either confirm that it is something from the Spirit something from the Lord, or we have to allow the Holy Spirit to cleanse it from our system and replace it with his love, joy, peace, purity. So when you feel that turmoil coming on, yield 
to his peace. Ask him just to flow, let his peace flow from your innermost being. When you feel frustrated, yield to his, his patience and just ask the fruit of his spirit, patience, to be born in your life. When you feel hatred or, or dislike, uh, ask the Holy Spirit to flow out of you through love. The, the love of God has been poured into your heart and just ask that love to flow out from you. When you feel resentment, yield to the forgiveness that the Holy Spirit is bearing, that fruit of forgiveness that he's bearing within you. Um, it does not mean that the Holy Spirit has left you or is not present when you get upset. Uh, it, just, it just means you're not living in the fullness of all that he has for you. So in, in every confrontation with sinful desires or with the flesh, um, with emotions or attitudes that are sinful, yield Yield to the Holy Spirit as, as decisively and boldly as you can. And again, just to depend on the Holy Spirit to release his fruit into your present situation. And then fourth, uh, accept the fact that it is a walk. I think this is where a lot, lot of us stumble. Um, we would like to come in here uh, to church on a Sunday morning. And we would like to make... Uh, one, one decision or have somebody pray for us and boom, it's all fixed. We, we just automatically walk in the Spirit from here on out. It just, it just doesn't work that way. I mean, I, I, it, just, it just doesn't. It's a walk. The Bible tells us we walk. We keep in step with the Spirit. It's a day-to-day -day thing. Um, you, you cannot live in the Spirit today for tomorrow. You have to live in the Spirit for right now. You have to choose the Spirit now, in this moment, in this hour. Only f it's, it's really only for today, really on, only for this moment, and then you do it for the next moment. And when you realize that you've messed up, which we all do from time to time, you just go back, <laughs> you just go back, and you get back in step with the Spirit. It's, it's that kind of process. Uh, it, just, it just is. Well, this walk in the Spirit truly is the experience which Christ died for you to have. This is the promise of the Father, this daily communion with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, consistency uh, is a great thing to have in your life. And I, I hear people say, I'd like to be more consistent. Well, you don't gain consistency by just trying to be consistent, but by consistently keeping in step with the Spirit. And in a sense... In a very real sense, that's, that's your only duty as a believer each day. That's your primary focus, just to keep in step with the Spirit. This morning, this day, this afternoon, keep in step with the Spirit. Make, and as the writer, I know it applies to a little different, little different uh, topic, but as the writer of Hebrews says, be diligent or make every effort to enter in to this rest, to this peace, uh, this supernatural joy. Amen. All right, we're going to share in the Lord's Supper. Um